It's good to see everyone tonight. Please open your Bibles with me to Malachi chapter 2. I've been really enjoying our study of Malachi. The Lord has been faithful to show us indeed that all the scriptures give testimony of him. In our study of Malachi, we've seen and heard, among other things, that God has loved us in Christ. And because of his distinguishing love in Christ, every elect child of God, according to his own purpose and grace in Christ, shall see and shall say, The Lord be magnified. The Lord be glorified from the border of Israel. Look there in verse 5 of chapter 1. We read, And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. Beloved, today is the day of salvation. And it's an eternal day. (laughs) We don't look back to 19-whatever or 2000-whatever. Today is the day of salvation for all God's people. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Our Lord Jesus Christ declares our salvation finished. He declares it is finished, beloved. Our Lord is magnified through the gospel. His beloved Son shall save true Israel. Beloved, all Israel shall be saved. As it is written... There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Every elect child of God in Christ, all those who are found within the blessed border of His distinguishing love in Christ, shall see and shall say, The Lord be magnified from the border of Israel. O blessed Lord, can... Can, our blessed Lord can declare to our Heavenly Father. I just want you to think about this, beloved. <laughs> our blessed Lord can declare to our Heavenly Father. Behold the fold within the border of our covenant of grace. <laughs> I have not lost one of those you've given me. Not one is lost. Not one, not a single one of his blessed people will be lost. Not one true elect Israelite whether that person be Jew or Gentile, will God our Savior fail to save? That can never be, for our Lord will only be magnified in the accomplishing of His Father's will. Now we've also seen and heard that God's name shall be great among the heathen. Look there in uh, verse 10 of chapter 1. We read, Who is there even among you that would shut the door for naught? Neither do you kindle on my fire. I I misquoted there. Let's look at verse 11. For the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord your hosts. Beloved, what a blessing it is to hear what we have received of the Lord's hand. By God's undeserved grace in Christ, He has given us wisdom not to trust in anything of our own hand, 
but rather that which we have received of his hand. Well, we, whatever we received of his hand. <laughs> the prophet Malachi declares it, a pure offering. A pure offering received of the Lord's hand. O Jerusalem, O elect of God, your warfare is accomplished. Your iniquity is pardoned, for you have received of the Lord's hand double for all your sins. What good news is contained in the Gospel of Malachi? <laughs> what a blessed book it is. Now in chapter 2, we saw not only do sinners need a pure offering, but further, it must remain in the hands of the one pure offering to be offered. Our Lord is both the pure offering and the pure offerer. Beloved, we, not, we, we look not to, polluted, to the polluted priests among men, but the perfect priest of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, our high priest who offered not the blood of goats and calves, but offered his own pure blood once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Look there in verse 5 of chapter 2. We see there, My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. We read the prophet declare, My covenant was with him. Who is the covenant with? Our Lord Jesus Christ, our true high priest. And it is a covenant of life and peace. The prophet continues, And I gave them to him. Well, who was given to him? The Lord declares the answer by the prophet, Ye sons of Jacob. God's word records the testimony of the covenant of life and peace. The psalmist records that the father declares to his son, Ask of me, and I shall give the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Beloved, we have been purchased by the precious blood of the one who offers it himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord declares as our pure offering and our pure offerer, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. That was a bit of a mouthful. I'm just going over what we've already looked at. Now, as we look further at the remainder of chapter 2, what is most striking, and just to save time, because I, I like to always look at my word count, and uh, I have too many words than I would like to have. Uh, so we will look at this uh, remainder of the chapter, verse by verse, as we go through it. I prefer to read the whole chapter. I always believe there's a blessing in it. And uh, having said that, I've talked myself out of not reading it. <laughs> so we'll read the chapter 2 first, and then uh, I'll return back to commenting on what we see there in the latter part of chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear... And if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, 
and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel, and in Jerusalem, for Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange god. The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this ye have ye done again, and this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears with weeping and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering any more, or receive it with good will at your hand. Yet you say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion, and the wife of thy covenant. And did he not make one? Yet he had the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one? that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Oh, where is the God of judgment? When I look at this uh, chapter, or any chapter, or any verse in, the, in God's word, it's, uh, it's very humbling to see that it is God's eternal word. It is the active living word of God. And uh, there's uh, no conclusion to preaching out of the text. <laughs> there's no uh, end to the number of sermons that can be brought out of this passage. And so we'll look at what the Lord has given me, and I trust that the Lord will bless his people here this evening. Now as we look at the remainder of chapter 2, last Wednesday we saw verses 1 through 9. This evening we'll be looking at verses 10 through 17. What is most striking is that the word treacherously is repeated five times. Three times it is used as a charge against his people, and two times it is used as an exhortation to his people. I believe this portion has much to teach us. Three things in particular. First, our 
utter ruined state before God. Second, our desperate need to be redeemed by Christ. And third, how we must be regenerated by the Spirit. First, our utter ruined state before God. Five times the word treacherously is used to describe our predicament. Certain, the first man, Adam, was made in the image of God. But since then, we all have been made in the image of an unfaithful man, a treasonous man, a treacherous man, our father, Adam. And all that is to be known of what we are in the flesh is treachery and unfaithful. There is only one man that is faithful, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Second, our desperate need to be redeemed by Christ alone. In our portion, we read the glorious gospel of the blessed God in verse 16. The Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. There is one who is faithful, beloved, one who does not put away our faithful husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he does is well-pleasing to his Father. All whom the Father has betrothed to him in covenant of grace, in the covenant of life and peace, his beloved people, he will not put away any. And we'll look at that a little bit further as we look through this passage. And third, how we must be regenerated by the Spirit. Two times we read in this blessed passage, take heed to your spirit. If you would take heed to your spirit, if I would take heed to my spirit and not deal treacherously with the Lord our God, not deal unfaithfully with your neighbor, you must be made alive. How else may a sinner dead in trespasses and sins take heed to his spirit, lest he be quickened and be made to know his utter ruin and desperate need to be redeemed by the Holy One of Israel? Friend, if, if you are to take heed, if I am to take heed to my spirit, if we are to take heed to our spirit, we must be regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. May God give you grace to see that ye have wearied him and see the utter ruin of your unfaithful treachery. Our utterly ruined state before God. Now, I've already said this, but it's remarkable to say again, five times, not once, not twice, not three times, four times, but five times, the prophet uses the word treacherously to describe what God's people are by nature in of themselves. Five times the word treacherously is used to describe our predicament. Certain the first man, Adam, was made in the image of God, but since then we all have been made in the image of our unfaithful, of an unfaithful man, a treasonous man, a treacherous man, Adam. And just like the people described here by the prophet in verse 10, we are by nature, every one of us, a treacherous and disloyal people, a people who profane and break covenants. Our Lord declares, There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. And all that is to be known of what we are in the flesh if we be found outside of Christ, is treachery and unfaithful. There is only one man that it, that it may be truly said is faithful, 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are no different than those people who cried out for our Lord to be crucified when they cried, Away with this man. Look there at verse 11 in Malachi chapter 11. We read, Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange god. Look at what we have done, ye sons of Jacob. What treason is this, that God sent to us his only begotten Son, the one whose holiness he loved, the one whom he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And every one of us by nature says, Away with him. Crucify him. Rather than hear him, rather than love him, we profane him. We profaned his holiness. We slew his holiness with the treachery of our sins against our heavenly Father Father and our brothers. Beloved, though it be the gospel of our salvation, indeed an abomination was committed. Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord. The spotless Lamb of God, the Holy One of Israel, who knew no sin, our Heavenly Father hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Being delivered by the determined counsel of foreknowledge of God, we have taken through the treachery of our transgressions and sins, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain him. Rather than love the one our Heavenly Father has betrothed to us, by nature we say, Away with him, and fornicate and commit adultery with the strange gods of our own making. Verse 11 in Malachi we read, The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. Our Lord put it on this wise, speaking of those who are to remain left in their ruined selves, whether he be the Pharisee in the pulpit, or he be the Pharisee in the pew. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Verse 13. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering any more, or receive it with good will at your hand. Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously." It might help us to remember that our Lord has instructed us that these passages testify of himself. 
and also that he has taught us that salvation is of the Jews. Not to say that salvation is caused by the Jews, but all the promises of salvation, as seen here in Malachi and God's word, the statues referred to, the ordinances spoken of, and the salvation, they typify Christ. And all of these were committed to the Jews. Even the union of the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, the holy pattern of matrimony is here spoken of, that God's people were treacherous in, in that they were not faithful to keep that marriage that pictures Christ. One, one man, one woman. This picture of Christ that shows forth the hope of the coming, the promised seed of the woman. Not women, plural, not multiple wives, but the promised seed of a single woman, the woman. Her seed, not their seed. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we read here, if you turn over there with me, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The gospel promise here, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is a picture of the matrimony that the God's people were to have followed. One man, one woman. And while others can speak about it better than I could, about the commentary of the history of the period, God's people were not being faithful to their wives. They were not picturing what is seen in marriage. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, we see there in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul shows us ultimately what marriage is about. In uh, Beginning in verse 22, we read, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. In our portion, we read the glorious gospel of the blessed God in verse 16. Remarkably, we read it the way it ought to be read, read here. <laughs> the Lord, the God of Israel, saith he hateth putting away. There is one who is faithful, beloved, one who does not put away his wife, the one who redeems her, 
our faithful husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a, what a blessing it is to be reminded from the voice from the cloud. Our Heavenly Father declares, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Take note, beloved. Everything He does is well pleasing to His Father. He does not do what His Father hates. All whom the Father has betrothed to Him in the covenant of life and peace, He will not put away, not one. Most marriages today, most marriage covenants, if I could put it that way today, in reality, are nothing more than ceasefire agreements. Now, these agreements aren't implicitly written down. But sooner or later, you'll find out just how conditional the so-called unconditional love of man is. In the wedding vows, one hears a promise to love in sickness and in health. And what do we find? The love of man is conditional and petty. The wife gets sick and the husband puts her away. In the wedding vows, one hears a promise to love unconditionally in riches or poverty. And what do we find? The love of man. The love of man is conditional and unfaithful. The husband loses his job and the wife casts him out. Marriage is a picture of our blessed union with Christ. Of his union with the church. As we read earlier, it speaks of a great mystery. That of, that of our union with Christ as one flesh. Great mystery concerning Christ and the church. True marriage is a picture of Christ's love for his bride, the church. A man and woman who enter into holy matrimony vow for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish for as long as they both shall live. A man and woman who enter into holy matrimony left to themselves, apart from knowing the unconditional love of Christ, sooner or later will show themselves to be what we all are by nature, unfaithful and treasonous monsters. In the word of the prophet Malachi, treacherous. Praise the Lord, he shows us the gospel character of his son here in verse 16, that he hateth putting away. <laughs> Our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ, hates putting away. Beloved, he will not put away his beloved bride. Who is this bride that he will not put away? Who is it that giveth the church to be married to this faithful man, the Lord Jesus Christ? Our Lord declared that the Father gives her to him. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 6. Verse 37. Our Lord, our Savior, indeed our husband. He declared, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Why is that? Why are none cast out? Why are none put away? Because the Son of God is well-pleasing in his sight, and everything he doeth our Heavenly Father loveth. Our Heavenly Father loves His Son's holiness, 
the holiness we have all profaned by our treachery. Beloved, because the Lord hateth putting away, his beloved Son will in no wise cast you out. Our Lord keeps us his bride. What a wonderful husband our Lord Jesus Christ is. Look at the faithfulness of our husband. Our Lord Jesus keeps us, though we be sick, poor, and utterly ruined. He keeps us, beloved. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 5. I'll begin at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are kept, beloved, by his faithfulness, by his uprightness. And... Uh, Perhaps some of you have heard what that little P stands for in tulip. Maybe some of you know what it means. Uh, someone would say, uh, perseverance of the saints. Without doing any damage to that truth, I'll even keep it the letter P. <laughs> I believe in the light of what Peter chapter 1 verse 5 declares. It might be better declared, preservation of the saints. Our Lord declares, all who are joined to me, no man will put asunder. Our Lord declares, All who are joined to me, no man will pluck from my hand. Beloved, though you be ruined through the stains of your own sinful treachery, beloved, though you be utterly ruined from the fall of your father Adam, and poverty upon poverty. Now I understand that this is a pagan practice, but even to think about it, beloved, it's a blessing. Poverty upon poverty even as we have nothing to gain his father's favor we have nothing to gain our, 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 his father's favor our father Adam has no dowry to give him <laughs> Adam has nothing to gain his favor only the same ash heap of our own treachery our heavenly father has unconditionally set his love upon us and given us to his son the Father has made up his mind regarding the matter. Our blessed Lord declares, All that the Father has given to the Son will come to him, and all to come to him he will no wise cast out. Turn with me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. I was reading a little bit about uh, dowries. And uh, certainly it is absolutely not a picture of Christ being joined to his 
bribe the church that women would have dowries to give men. <laughs> How silly. But even in looking at dowries that men gave to purchase wives, there was all kinds of conditions that the dowry would be given back. But blessed be the Lord God. His gifts and calling are without repentance. The Lord's bride, the church, though she have no dowry of her own, is purchased with his dowry, the dowry of his beloved son, the dowry of his precious blood and his perfect life. Beloved, we are made to be his purchased possession through the dowry of his righteous life and his sin-atoning bloody death. Now we've looked at two things already under the headings of that we must be shown that we're ruined, seen our need to be redeemed by Christ, but before we can see that we're ruined, before we can see that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has redeemed us, we must be regenerated by the Holy Ghost. Our Christian marriage ceremony typifies God's unconditional love. You've heard the wedding vows in sickness and in health, in poverty or riches, etc., The vows are essentially confessing our prayer that our love will not be conditioned to circumstance. But that, sadly, is what we discover apart from Christ. We discover that our love is by nature petty, horrible, and treacherous. Sadly, our love is not free. But praise the Lord, the love of His grace is unconditional and free. If we would have our eyes set upon his love, we would take heed to our own spirit and would not deal so treacherously. May God give us grace to do that. Two times in Malachi, if you just turn back there with me, Malachi chapter 2. Two two times Malachi shows us repeatedly, he says, take heed to your spirit. Look there in uh, verse 15. Therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. Now the first part of 15, of course, is speaking about marriages to be between one man and one woman. Uh, This residue spoken of here is speaking that If God was pleased to, he could have created two or three women for Adam, but he didn't. He formed one woman for Adam. But I won't get into that, because I probably couldn't even talk about it if I wanted to. (laughs) Uh, But that is what it's speaking about there. But two times we read, Take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. If you would take heed to your spirit, if I would take heed to my spirit, and not deal treacherously with the Lord your God, that I would not deal treacherously with my Lord, that you would not deal treacherously with your Lord, our Lord, and and deal not treacherously with the wife of his youth. What a remarkable thing is seen there. I, I don't pretend to be able to preach it the way I would like to, but to see their treacherous treatment of the wife of his youth, I believe... If you turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, it will speak to us about that verse. 
if God quickens us by His grace, His undeserved grace, we will not treat brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have been begotten, in any way, shape, or form, with any kind of treachery. First John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, the begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Look there in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. The Lord God of Israel. I'll just, I'd like to turn to the passage before I read it. Verse 16. The Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Friend, if you are to take heed to your spirit, if I am to take heed to my spirit, you and I must be regenerated by the Holy Ghost. We must be regenerated by the Spirit of God that we deal not treacherously. How else can a sinner dead in trespasses and sins take heed to his spirit, lest he be quickened and be made to know the treachery of his ruin and his desperate need to be redeemed by the Holy One of Israel? May God give you grace to see that ye have wearied him and see the utter ruin of your unfaithfulness and treachery. Beloved, I know you know how to love. <laughs> because God first loved you. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. I'll begin reading in verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother... He is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. In the covenant of grace, God has set his love upon you and made you the object of his affection. From the foundation of the world, he declares, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. I know that if God hath taught you, you'll not marvel when I tell you that your faithfulness before God is nothing more than what the prophet mentions here five times. Treachery. Beloved, our love before him is nothing more than self-love and treachery. But blessed be the Lord, our love is made perfect through Christ. That we may have boldness in, the, in that day, because as he is, well, who is he? He is the one who loves with a perfect love. 
a perfect love to God and a perfect love to man. And that is who we are in this world, beloved. He is not only our law keeper, he is our golden rule keeper. (laughs) Friend, don't even come to the golden rule to be justified. You've heard it. I wrote this from memory. I trust I won't do any damage to the King James. (laughs) Love God with all your heart and, and love your neighbor as yourself. Don't try to justify yourself that way. Don't do it. You've never done it. Come to Him who has done it. <laughs> Come to Him who is faithful and truly loves sinners unconditionally, freely. Friend, you won't know the unconditional love of God that a Christian marriage speaks of, that union between a man and a woman that is to picture the unconditional love that Christ has for His church till God first loves you. God's love is not like this charade that man calls love. A natural man says he loves his wife, but look out if she stops cooking him dinner and washing his clothes. Sinner husband, take heed to your spirit. Look to Christ and learn of him. Go to him to learn how he loves a rebel like you. Go to him to learn how to love a traitor like you. Go to him to learn how to love a sinner like you. Our Lord declares, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I read that for myself and the other husbands that are here and soon to be husbands. A natural woman says she loves her husband, but look out if he stops fixing things around the house or defrauds her of his affection. Sinner wife, take heed to your spirit and look to Christ and learn of him. Go to him to learn how he loves a rebel like you. Go to him to learn how he loves a traitor like you. Go to him to learn how to love a sinner like you. And I have another verse for the, the, the wives here. It's the same verse. <laughs> it's the same verse. It's the same gospel. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May God grant us his grace in Christ to hear him. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 12. Our Lord declares, as he was teaching the disciples, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation. This is the Lord's Prayer, teaching us how we ought to pray. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That evil is not only the the world that we live in, beloved, that is the evil of our own hearts. Lord, deliver us from the evil of our hearts. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, by nature, we are treacherous creatures. Outside of Christ, a man and a woman are incapable of truly loving one another. They can't love. Outside of Christ, we don't know what love is. And we don't know what forgiveness is. What is love? (laughs) God is love. God shows us in the gospel that love, true love, always does good to the object of its affection. And all the objects of his affection, his son will not put away. (laughs) I can't get over that. (laughs) What a gospel, beloved. All that the Father has given to His Son in covenant arrangement will come to Him. And all that come to Him, our faithful husband, the Lord Jesus Christ declares, I will not cast out one. (laughs) He will not cast us out, beloved. His heavenly Father hateth putting away. Our Lord both forgives us and loves us and ever liveth Even death will not do us part. (laughs) That's a husband we all love to look to. (laughs) What a faithful husband we have in Christ. May God grant you grace to come to Christ who will not put away. Friend, come to him who will not cast out. I think it's best to just repeat what our Lord has said. There's so much gospel in his words. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen.